0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Politics in the Pulpit, a lectionary-braced preaching resource designed to ask the provocative question of whether and how politics should appear in our preaching this week. My name is Raj Patta and I'm a minister in the United Stockport Circuit of the Methodist Church. Each week I'm joined by a guest from a different place and space on the pulpit and political landscape. Today I am very pleased to introduce my guest, Reverend Delith Little. Delith is a Methodist minister and a coordinating chaplain at the Cardiff University, and she's also a member of Justice, Dignity, and Solidarity Committee of the Methodist Church. She lives in Cardiff, where she runs the gathering, a LGBTQI church. So it is such a delight having Dilip with me this morning to have a conversation. A very warm welcome to you, Dilip.
1: Hi, Raj. Lovely to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and thank you very much for agreeing to be our guest this week to engage in a conversation on the text uh, for this week. Thanks. Uh, So politics in the pulpit. I wonder what that means for you. And could you tell us a little about yourself? and whether you see yourself as a pulpit politician.
1: It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because when I first came into ministry as a Methodist minister, um, I mean, what we're always taught, uh, and I've heard you say it on the podcast, is to have the newspaper in one hand and the Bible in the other. And and so always that's been a part of my thinking and, and preaching. Um, but I suppose... When when I came out as a, as a lesbian and um, and began to get more involved with the LGBT community, then there and that was about fifteen years ago now. Um, there was a real sense in which suddenly there was an edge to what I was saying. Suddenly there was. Um, you know when we were talking about being inclusive and including everybody, and, and Jesus always being out there on the margins and talking to those on the margins. Suddenly, that felt like that was me, um, and that was a part of what I brought to to the pulpit. Mm. And then, in the more in the last sort of six years, I've been involved with the um, what was the equality, diversity, and inclusivity work with the Methodist Church, and now is termed justice, dignity, and solidarity. And my angle has mm-hmm. widened further um to ensure um the inclusivity and and the and the flourishing really of all people um and particularly mm. as we're talking about justice dignity and solidarity um particularly for um, racial justice, for gender justice, um, which also was a it was a, a part of my own story I think the gender justice aspect and for disability justice as well. So um yeah I think it's really important to bring those issues and to make them make them very personal mm. for uh, when you're in the mm. pulpit so that those people mm. who are listening and part of the worship can can begin to um, see or continue to see because there's a lot of folks. Um, in the churches, who are who have great heart for justice and to uh, uh, um, and and to encourage them in their own journeys with God and with um, inclusivity.
0: That's Fab Dilith. I think uh, the kind of work that you're involved with and trying to see how best can a church be inclusive and just. I think that passion comes out when, as you're sharing so. I really appreciate for all that you've been doing. And uh, uh, each week I ask uh, our joint public issues team colleagues for a little roundup of their expertise and what they think we might want to keep an eye on the world this week. So some of their suggestions uh, include, of course, we, we have to think about people in Ukraine. And Ukraine is still at top of people's minds. There is continued bombing in Ukraine Of civilian areas. Many remain trapped in cities. Negotiations are ongoing between Russia, Russian and Ukrainian representatives. After very initial response, Britain has now, as of Saturday, granted 3,000 visas, still a long way behind many European countries where the requirement for visas has been waived and refugees have been offered open sanctuary. And as you will know, Poland has taken the most with around 1 million Ukrainian refugees in the country. The new refugee settlement scheme has been launched where members of the public can offer a room to a refugee for payment of 350 pounds per month for a minimum of six months. So this will be opened out to churches and community groups at the next stage. The cost of living in the UK to rise, it is rising, and estimates say that it could be 10% higher by the autumn The government is reviewing its energy policy to face the triple challenge of reliance on Russian gas, rising energy prices, and climate change. Questions of energy are proving central to geopolitics, the cost of living, and the climate crisis. And some are calling for the UK to abandon its net zero commitments to drill for oil and take up fracking again in order to meet with the two two other objectives. And again, globally, we also see South Korea has elected a new president who labels himself as anti-feminist and is more hawkish towards North Korea, threatening the progress of a peace plan between the two states. So there is so much happening around us, uh, Delit, as you will see. And you already mentioned on one hand, we, we open the newspapers and then we turn to our Bibles and try to see how best can we relate this word of God into the world in which we live today. And again, during this season of Lent, as we are thinking about Jesus' passion and Jesus' cross, I think this puts us into a context to see how best are we able to translate, or how best are we able to translate the meaning of cross when there are so many crucified communities in our own times and in our own context. So I wonder if there was any particular passage or a particular theme or a question that has jumped out for you this week that you would like us to start with?
1: Um, I think I'd like us to start with Isaiah on the basis, particularly on the basis of what Mm -hmm. you have um, just shared, because that, you know, I I love this passage from Isaiah 55, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come buy and eat. And how, how pertinent is that? for us at the moment with all that you've just outlined when we think of um the refugees uh, from ukraine um literally not knowing where their next meal is going to come from um and when we think of our mm. own you know rising food prices um and fuel costs and you know that that i think um it it speaks the the isaiah passage speaks of the abundance of god's provision for us um, and how God will provide mm. for us, which is which is absolutely wonderful on one part. Um, but then at the other, at, you know, when we look at the newspaper in our other hand, we know that there are folks who are struggling, who don't, who don't know where their next meal's coming from, who don't have the money to go and, and buy and eat. Um, and so I think that's a challenge. Mm. Mm. Um, a challenge f- for yeah. us in the church and a challenge for us all to um to make sure that we do our part in ensuring that those who who we can who we can do something for actually are are Mm a part of that we can be the answer um and and be part of that god's provision come you who have no money come buy and eat come you who are thirsty come and drink Mm
0: -hmm. profound so i mean as you have rightly said and isaiah the prophet was trying to say why do you spend your money so i was just thinking this week listeners and preachers is there something to tell about the politics of money
1: yeah yeah and definitely why is
0: how, how... yes yeah
1: yeah i mean that's the next section isn't it you know it it is you know why are we spending money on things that that don't satisfy um you know why are we and, and mm-hmm. i think that's that that's pertinent particularly at the moment when everyone's going to be tightening their belts you know to really think about what yeah. what it is we are spending our our money on now of course the whole purpose mm. of this passage isn't just about physical food and physical provision it's it's about the spiritual provision that God has for us um, and there's an element to that mm. particularly as we think about being in Lent and that sense of uh, lenten fasting, um what in whatever way we are choosing to to fast whether that be from you know I don't know not eating meat or not not or or not drinking alcohol or whether it's something more uh something more uh, focused on your spiritual life um wh- whichever way that is there is that sense in which um the the not spent why are we spending money on what is not bread is, is about you know what what's really important to us in life. What what is what is it that's really important and and you know the provision that God's giving is come you who are thirsty come to me and and I will fulfill you spiritually as much as physically. Mm. You know um mm. God God mm. will Delight in us, and and will be, um, and will give us that what we need in a in a spiritual sense, and in a in a in our heart sense, in giving us those those wonderful feelings of peace and joy and and love mm. that can that can come through even when we are faced with the the hardest of situations.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, you are very right. I think, uh, Dil-, uh, Dil, as you say, the spirituality is what we are called towards and the spirituality also calls in terms of our spending i mean most times as christians we we don't give we don't uh, give a thought about spending and i think there is an ethical angle angle to this this spending so why are we spending and what are we spending are we really conscious of our planet of or the goods that we buy and things like that and i i really wish this week uh, this will be an opportunity for for those of us engaging to see what is the spirituality that God is inviting us to. How are we ethically spending, I mean, again, spending in every sense, money or any other things, how are we spending uh, our resources and are we conscious about our planet and people who are in need around us? And I think that's what I I felt as a red uh, termizer. Yeah.
1: And I think that picks up on what what you were saying earlier and, you know, um, what the issues are at the moment. It's, you know, um, we're all worried about where we're going to get oil from and fuel from. Um, And, you know, some people are now calling Mm. for us to drill oil and and start fracking again. Well, you know, that's maybe not the right answer, folks. (laughs) Um, You know, where we spend... Uh, our money is really important and, wh- and where we spend our energies is really important and perhaps, it, you know, perhaps, you know, it, it's going to be tough but, you know, perhaps there are other ways in which we can invest in, in the renewable energy sources that can provide for us for the future and for a longevity rather than, uh, rather than, well, raping the, uh, the earth in order to uh, fulfil our selfish desires right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, profound. Uh, thanks, Philip. And I think uh, the writer in Isaiah continues to say, "Seek the Lord while he may be found; call upon him while he is near." So you you have already you have already mentioned about that spirituality. So how do you think should we seek the Lord these days? What does what does seeking God and calling on him means for us?
1: For me, seeking the Lord and, and calling upon him while he is near is is about my prayer life. Um, it's about how mm. I connect with God through the scriptures and through prayer and with others as I pray. Um, and it's mm. and it's having that open heart and open intention, to hearing God's voice I think it's very I, I find it very easy anyway to um just poodle along exactly. through life doing what I'm doing doing the shopping whatever I'm doing um you know carrying on with my yeah. daily life um working with the students that I work with at Cardiff University you know and uh and and just simply kind of poodling on without really having that openness to God who is yeah. right there right there beside me all the time and if I if I simply mm. you know call upon him while he is near i mean that's what it is he is near to us we for me i just need to open my eyes open my ears open my heart and and listen
0: i particularly
1: like the next bit though sorry didn't let me interrupt you and i particularly like the next bit for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways says the yeah. lord and i think that really like those verses as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts for me that it gives me a great kind of relief that god's got it god's got, god's got me and god's got what we who we are and, and and has my my spiritual life all kind of there um but it's also um yeah it, it it gives me that real sense of um, understanding that um, what what I might think and what I'm doing right here right now isn't necessarily what God might think or what God might want me to do right here and now. I think I think recognizing the otherness, the holiness, the uh, the majesty and awe of God in that is is really quite important. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, it is profound, uh, Dilith, as you say, because we, we, what you're inviting us is towards a spirituality where we see God as a companion because God is there and it calls for us to open our eyes, minds and hearts. And then the way you put it again as in the words of Isaiah, that our thoughts, are, I mean, God's thoughts are very different from our thoughts. And I think you, what you're inviting us is to seek that holiness in the otherness, and to say uh, I am finite in the infinite plan of plans of God. I think most times what we think is I mean, people exercise power by saying my thoughts are only to be exercised. And we see that across the world, everywhere. People who who are trying to exert pressure and power, they think their thoughts are final. But I think Isaiah is inviting us to say our thoughts. God's thoughts are very different from ours and those of us if they if you are exerting some pressure or privilege it is important for us to know that God has a different plan and maybe God is inviting us to give up this power and privilege so that we are part of God's plans.
1: Yeah absolutely and I think you you've hit hit it bang on there because it's not just about me personally it's about those who um exert that power and influence and you know uh, thinking about Ukraine, we cannot but think about Putin um, and uh, uh, and all the systems and uh, ways in which that, you know, yeah. he has been put into that power to be able to do what he has done to Ukraine and invade them. You know, it is like, you know, his, mm. you know, his thoughts, his ways are, he he's putting up in such a, you know, a powerful way that is creating devastation. Um, yeah. and, and I think and it's not just yeah. at that level, though, I mean, we, we're we seeing it played out on the world stage, of course, but we also see it on a on a much more intimate way and within the church. And I have to say from um, the position of being a gay minister, um, recognising some of the uh, certainties that other Christians have said to me about uh, faith and sexuality you cannot yeah. be gay and be a christian you yeah. cannot uh be in a loving mm. same-sex relationship you cannot change your gender um because that's what mm. i read in the bible is what they would say to me um and uh, you know and mm. i would i would just turn to this passage now and just say well you know mm. how can you be so dogmatic mm. so sure about your theology on this that you can't accept and mm. allow the fact that god you know god has called me that i i have a relationship with christ um that is about my spiritual life and about my ministry and how can you how can you say that that's not okay because here i am doing it and god's god's part of it
0: yeah 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 i mean you're right uh that it- it calls for humility and it calls for confession for people who are exerting that pr- that power to say this is certain and not allowing god to work or not allowing god's ways and god's thoughts to embrace us and if you are if you are humble enough i'm sure god has a different plan and which for which we need to be we we need to be open for god's plans and god's ways yeah mm-hmm. So, and, and Raj, uh, these are the,
1: these are the themes that are coming yeah, for me ahead, out of these are the themes that are coming for me out of the reading in in the first letter of the corinthians um exactly that i mean particularly yeah, yeah. we're looking at verse 12 there um so if you think you are standing mm-hmm. watch out that you do not fall you know it. um it yeah if you think you are standing watch out that you do not fall and and for me that's that's about the folks who stand so firmly on what they they believe Mm. that they have no understanding and Mm. no ability to listen and to hear what others are bringing to the table and what god is saying through others to them um and 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 i think that's a that's Mm. a clear warning against complacency um for folks who are holding mm. on to the power that they have because of their yeah. um their theology
0: mm-hmm. i i think you it, it is very important uh, Dilip, this week as preachers and as followers of jesus christ as we are reading these texts it is important that just don't be complacent with whatever you're thinking be humble be open allow god to work and i think False uh, words. If you are, if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. And most of our most times, I think, as Christians, we we make certainties, we make absolute claims.
1: Well, we want to, don't uh, we? And
0: so, that... yeah,
1: yeah, we we want to. We want things to be black and white. We want things to be absolutely clear and true. We want to know where we stand um everybody everybody wants that it gives you that certainty and that that kind of yeah we know what's going on and and like I understand nobody likes to to suddenly find themselves in situations where everything's all at you know all at sea and they don't know what's happening anymore um and and uh, and yeah. that's happened. that's been played out on a world stage for ukraine as um you know as folks are, are finding that they no longer have the certainty of where they're going to sleep at night or where they're going next meal is going to eat and and what work they're going to do tomorrow mm-hmm. you know but it, it's also also from a spiritual perspective and what we, we what we're thinking and what we're feeling you know not to be so complacent that we think that we're right all the time we can't all be right (laughs) and I think to have that grace for each other as well to have that grace to to listen and and to hear what others are Mm. saying
0: Mm. I mean it's a it's a costly invitation what you're saying is let us be gracious to one another listening to one another it's a costly invitation and I really wish all of us are gracious And humble enough to receive and to listen to each other's perspective and still holding together. I mean, the the challenge is how can we all hold together, move together, work together. And in this Paul's letter to Corinthians, Paul was mentioning about the stories about Moses and things like that. So he is telling these are written as examples. I mean, in verse 11, So these things happened to them to serve as an example and they were written down to instruct us. So how do you understand the politics of scripture, Dylan?
1: Well, I think what what is happening here is um, that... um, that in order you know by telling the story of the fact that um the israelites going through the wilderness they they had the manna they had the water coming out of the out of the rock they were provided for by god and yet they still didn't see the promised land it was still 40 years before they um you know and that generation had passed on before they uh, reached the promised land and 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 likewise they um so the writer paul is saying um you know don't uh, you know don't focus so f- much on the sacraments on the on the holy communion and 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 think that that is y- your all that you know he was talking to the Corinthians about don't think that that is all there is you know be be aware that there is more that God requests of us um and don't don't stand so mm. firm or uh, if you think you are standing on on your um on what you on, on what you think is your spiritual life, but be open to what God has got for you as well. And so, in terms of reading that in the Bible mm-hmm. and applying it, um, and, and therefore the politics of of that, as you've asked the question, Raj, um, it, it's for us again. It's like what do what do we do? What do we stand so firmly on within our churches that we? won't let go mm. and and that can be really really simple things like the pews for example or where the, where the piano is positioned in the church you know those yeah. kind of things you know what do we what do we what do we think has to be yeah. just right that it has to be like that um in order for things to work mm. well actually you know the pandemic's been an example of that There's so many of us before the pandemic were you know we have to go to church in the church on a Sunday morning and that's that's how we do it and the pandemic hit and suddenly that wasn't possible mm-hmm. and people were finding all kinds of different ways of meeting whether that be yeah. you know newsletters through people's doors uh, sermons through people's doors or whether that was through obviously the you know the classic zoom that everybody's doing now um and so they really did open up a, a variety of ways in which um, other things could happen i think again it's about complacency mm-hmm. it's about don't don't just do mm-hmm. everything the way you've always done it Allow God to mm. break us out of the of the structures that mm. we put in place for ourselves. Break us out of it and and mm. allow that life-giving uh, spirit to flow.
0: Mm. Which is important, uh, Dilith. I'm, I also hear some church friends saying, like we have lost the rhythm of the pattern. I mean, pandemic has... Has disrupted the rhythm of our spiritual of our church life. So, what would you want to offer to people whose rhythm for church life has been disrupted because of the pandemic or things like that?
1: Yeah, it's still trying to find those ways in which we can come to the waters, as we hark back to the Isaiah reading, where where we can um, mm-hmm. come. And, and sense God being a part of our lives because I, I do recognize that so many people for them churches where they had that um, and now with the mm. the changing of the pandemic they've either they've either felt that that's no longer necessary. Perhaps because they found it elsewhere. And I think that's you know, to the wider structural church, that's got to be a challenge. You know, where are people finding yeah. that spiritual input in their lives? Um you know, it's through podcasts like this. it's it's through um yeah. ministries that are happening online. um and it's through books and reading and prayers and and getting together. And you know, we've always wanted to be relational. We've always been relational, it's, and many people are just contacting and speaking yeah. to people maybe across the internet or maybe um one-on-one in in their own homes um and talking about their faith and mm. you know what's times do change we're we're in a different position than the early believers were of acts for example where they gathered together in each other's homes but maybe we're heading more back to that in the sense of you mm. know we are gathering in in small groups um and and thinking about spiritual things together
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, such a disruption might be helpful because it is bringing out new new ways of doing things. So, which which I'm sure will be helpful for our listeners this week to say that if there are disruptions in the rhythms of church life, let's embrace the new ways.
1: I think it's, and it's, let's it's
0: celebrate. The,
1: yeah, it, it's coming back yeah. to um, you know. Um, if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall, isn't it? It's coming back to that because, yeah. because actually, you know, maybe the challenges at the moment, people, some people aren't finding helpful. I get that. That's absolutely right. But it is where we are. Mm. So we, we can't go back. Mm. We can't go back to pre-pandemic because that's where we are now, where we are. So it's where we go from here mm. that is the important thing and how we, how we lead people in that and how we, we help people to, um, to, to find their ways of um, seeking God while He is near in in this current context, in this current climate.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's helpful, Del. And I think we have one of the difficult passages in the Gospel.
1: Yeah, we do, Luke, don't chapter we?
0: Chapter thirteen. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: So, yes. Which isn't why I left uh, it to
0: last, though, Raj. Yes. Promise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> i can imagine so this week <laughs> preachers are uh, preachers who want to preach on this passage are there any thoughts of yours um, from luke 13 1 to 9
1: yeah uh, I, well, absolutely i mean um Let's take the fig tree first, but I do want to go back to the um the first bit in, in a moment. But the parable yeah. of the barren fig tree, I think, feeds into what we've been saying here about complacency, um, and about, you know, standing and and falling, as it were. Um, we've got the the parable, you know, um the owner comes, he looks at the fig tree, says, well, that's not giving us any fruit. Let's dig it up. And the gardener says, Oh, come on, let's give it another year or so. Let's see. I'll dig it. I'll, you know, I'll dig some manure around it. Let's see how it goes. Um, And actually I really love that as an image. If we just think of it purely as an image for what, what God and and we are like, um, the it's not, you know, what's interesting is the gardener also, perhaps God let's put in this context, um isn't blaming the fig tree it's not the fig tree's fault no. that their fault that the fig tree isn't bearing fruit and i find that really liberating mm. if i'm the fig tree and i feel that my spiritual mm. life is a bit dry is a bit cracked and isn't really um isn't really uh, flourishing that's not necessarily my fault um it you know no. what 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 it's saying here is that you know let's skip it another year let's let's really dig some rich yeah manure obviously we're in in my in the the kind of parable story that i'm telling it wouldn't be manure it would be so let's put some rich rich teachings in let's put some rich prayers in let's let's you know get back to the basics perhaps you know do some um good old uh celtic christianity kind of prayers or you know let's let's really focus our efforts on that and let's see what happens um and i just i love Mm -hmm. that fact that god as the gardener wants us to flourish really really wants us to flourish and 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 it's god's job as much of anything to reach out to us as much as it is our responsibility to, to respond but there there is a responsibility to respond and i think that's where um the kind of the the be careful about when not not producing any fruit is is uh, our responsibility um, because we do have a responsibility to to respond to be open to hearing that word of God that richness of God's mercy that can be there for us. Um, hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, no, I mean uh, it, it's the same thinking I had as I read this fig uh, the parable of the fig tree because most times we have read God as a man who planted I mean, we, you have rightly placed God in, in the gardener who is pleading the owner. Please, can you give one more chance? And I think that's where I would want I mean, my understanding, my theology, my God is where is this gardener who is pleading that graciousness, that gracious Christ saying, let us give one more chance, one more chance rather than just, I mean, I have written it some time back where saying the owner of this parable was busy making money all he wants was fruits fruits and fruits and if you don't give fruits you need to cut down the, the but i think the guard from the gardener's perspective it is not about fruits maybe the 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 fig tree was offering some shade as he was resting in the afternoon so there was a bonding with this gardener and the tree mm. and the fig yeah. tree and so therefore he 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 is making every effort and again, in those times, the, the gardener was only a daily wage laborer. Yeah. And he wouldn't dare to speak to an owner. But here the gardener picks all courage to speak because the gardener mm. loves the tree. Mm. And, and I think that gives me a hope and then of the gospel. Uh, I mean, Luke does not say what happens after verse 9. <laughs> I, I'm I uh, my positive thinking, I'm thinking next year when they came. It was a surprise to the owner and to everyone that garden gardener has invested so much, and there is there is so much uh, happiness within the garden and everyone. Yeah. So I think it is important this week I say for those who are preaching, not not to put God on as it on a profit-seeking person, but to but to put the lens of God in the gardener, powerless yet being gracious and loving, and it is also. The, the 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 ecological aspect of how the gardener loves the trees mm. rather than just cutting down he, he he emphasizes we will invest some more time and see that this is a green planet
1: mm. yeah uh, definitely mm. and I think when we look at it from that perspective putting the emphasis on the gardener who wants the tree to flourish God who wants who loves us so much um, then it it also takes away because I think it would be um, it could be quite easy to read this as it's the fig tree's fault and the fig tree needs to do more. Um, uh, in our, you know, for us, it would be, I need to do more. I need to do more for God. I need to be, you know, I need to find some way of being more fruitful for God. And and that just leads to us being, um, you know, absolutely like spent by the amount of energy that we're trying to put out um in order to earn god's grace and it's not that at all here it's not about um how many good works we can do to be fruitful for god it's that's not what it's about at all it's about the fact that the gardener god loves that tree that us so much that God wants us to flourish in our lives and in who we are as human beings, and 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 in our uniqueness, who, whoever that might be, um, and allow that flourishing mm. to to then impact on the world around us in beautiful ways that we probably don't even recognize, just simply by being who we are and by being who God has created us to be.
0: Yeah, mm. and also the gardener is trying to change the perspective of the owner because for the owners. Fruit, fruits are the only because profit is yeah. all that he's seeking yeah but the gardener is saying fruitfulness is not just about fruits but it is about other aspects of yeah. greening and providing i mean this the fig trees would have been nests for some birds or would have been a place to rest uh, for the gardener so fruitfulness is redefined in several other ways as a passage.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it is, Mm. and I think it's important for us to recognise that Mm. when we we think, when I think, particularly of my work with the Justice Dignity and Solidarity Group, you know, so often there there are Mm. criticisms brought in that oh, we can't we can't have you know somebody who like that, we can't have somebody like that because they won't be able to do this. Well, it's like no, because they we don't want them to do Mm. that. We want them to be who they are and allow God to um, to work through them. And, and allow them to flourish in their ministry, whatever that might be. And it might look different to what you've had before, um, because, you know, you've had, you know, um, a, a different type of minister before, before or a different type of person in that position before. But actually, the flourishing of this person is going to bring something really rich and and wonderful to your environment, to your church or to, to your work or to the mission or whatever it is. Mm.
0: Yes, yes, Philip. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on the the previous verses about <laughs> innocent people? As I said, this is the toughest passage. But well, this yeah. this is the age-old thing, thoughts?
1: isn't it? Why do bad things happen to good people? That's this is this is where this is coming yeah. from. Um, and and bearing yeah. in mind, yeah. of course, we're in the point where Jesus has set his face towards Jerusalem. He's headed there um we know that Pilate uh, you know some people are telling Jesus hey Jesus do you know that Pilate killed some Gentiles who were who killed some Galileans rather who were heading to um sacrifice at the temple you know that don't you and you can almost hear it as a warning from them why are you going to Jerusalem like Pilate's on the war path you're not gonna get away with it here um but mm-hmm. Jesus uses it as a as a way of saying again a bit about complacency you know it's not uh, do you think that they were sinners uh and that's why they died no, no. it's not about that it's not about that at all no. um and uh and, and then he says um and what about those 18 when he were killed by the tower of salome falling, falling on them and you know i mean we yeah. just need to think about the natural disasters we've had, um, the, the man-made disasters we've had, like Grenfell towers. Um, I know that was a little way away, but you know that's worth re- reminding ourselves about yeah um, and, uh, and then thinking about Ukraine and the wars that are happening across the world still in Afghanistan and uh, um, and Iraq and, and, it, and Syria and and it's um, you know do you, do we think that those people are worse or are worse than we are? No, of course not. You know, bad yeah. things happen to good people. Um, the same is, oh, mm. I have to tell you the story. A very close friend of mine um, is a is a medic, and through the pandemic, she is uh, she's a Christian. She's been brought up in in quite an evangelical, charismatic kind of background uh, church, um, and uh, um, and she said to me just a few weeks ago. Uh, Del, I've lost my faith. I can't believe in a God who would let people die through the pandemic. I prayed for eight. I prayed for eighty people as o- over them as I was working on them, and all eighty of them died. I cannot believe a God in a God who does not answer my prayer. And. That is exactly what Jesus is talking against here. You know, Jesus is saying, I tell you, it's not about whether they were worse sinners. It's not, you know, God doesn't change the suffering that we experience as people, um, but God is with us in Mm -hmm. it. And that's what I tried to say to my friends. You know, God is with us Mm -hmm. in that bad things do happen, but God is with us in -hmm. it don't get me wrong this does push towards you know making a decision repent or perish you know that's what Jesus is saying um but that's not about whether bad things are going to happen to us he is saying things are coming to the close folks we really do need to make decisions about what's happening and we really do you you really do need to decide whether you're following Jesus or not um and that is part of um Mm. the decision we make as Christians how are what are we going to do um but that's not about whether then we're going to be protected we're not going to you know the the idea of the um jewish uh, religion and society at the time was very much based on the deuteronomy things uh, mm. about you know if you flourish um it's because you're being good and obeying the commandments and if you if you don't um it's because you've sinned mm. um, and we see that throughout but you know jesus consistently says it's not about sin that causes that punishment it's it's mm. not about it's not a punishment for sin it's the suffering that naturally yeah. happens in the natural order of the world and that is rubbish and sometimes it's man made like the war in ukraine and sometimes it's it's something like yeah. cancer or the pandemic which none of us could foresee but equally it's mm. you know what the important thing is is how we respond to it and the fact that god is with us in it and that our our spiritual connection with god isn't affected by it and it it absolutely it breaks my heart that my friend can't can't see that
0: yeah yeah no you're right i mean in all of this we see god is walking with us god is weeping with us god is struggling with us god is working towards a change so that's the hope i see as i read these passages because why are bad things happening to good people i mean we still believe God continues to journey with us.
1: Absolutely, you, you have and
0: said it uh, really well.
1: And and that's why it's
0: yeah.
1: interesting that the parable of the barren fig tree comes next, because it's it that's where we see the gardener or God struggling and mm. um, and struggling with the fig tree and and doing the utmost yeah. to nourish that fig tree in its barrenness. Mm. Um, and that, and that, I think, makes the link there um, to to people yeah. who who are um, suffering at the moment. God is with you, mm-hmm. and God nourishes you. Yeah.
0: Yes, and God is the gardener. So, yeah. yeah. Th- thank you very much, uh, Del, for 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 coming and for sharing. I mean, it, this has been very interesting conversation, and I'm sure our listeners this week has so much to to pick on and to use it, and and I'm sure it will be helpful for many of our listeners this week. So many thanks for sharing your wisdom, your reflection with us. And thanks to to the rest of you who are joining us uh, uh, to ask whether we should preach politics in the pulpit this week. So this is it. These are the texts where we are engaging to see what is the political theology of it. In all of this, God is with us, and God is journeying with us. So many thanks once again to Del for being with us and for sharing your thoughts and for the conversation. Thank you. Uh, If you have enjoyed this episode of Politics in Pulpit, uh, our listeners, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast and share this episode with your friends. We know that our listeners are passionate and knowledgeable people. And Del, this week, they have given... uh, One of the questions was the same thing. Why... About judgment, suffering, hope, in, with this fig tree parable, which you've already spoken. The other question that we received uh, on Facebook this week is about the reading from Isaiah promises that God knows much more than we can, we ever can, and says that we should listen to God for good things. In the context of the war in Ukraine, how do we reconcile the fact that God knows what will happen with the urgent crisis before us? Is this a disempowering or an empowering thought? I often feel stuck in the middle. Hannah asks mm-hmm. on Facebook uh, this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you again were trying to say, yes, it is empowering to know that God is with us, God knows things, but God also works with us. So that's the empowering strength, as I understand. You have any 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 thoughts on that, Del?
1: Well, um, I think it's uh, interesting to think about it in terms of um, Ukraine and what's happening there with Russia. Um, and for me, it's about you know what what Putin, what Russia are doing is not the way that God would work on it. You know that that's the thoughts that are not God's thoughts. Um, and and for us, and for for particularly, mm. I, you know, I I really am quite excited that we've got the opportunity of um, helping. The Ukrainian refugees by offering a room in our homes and and the, and that that kind of response, I think, is is really a, a way of um, bringing our thoughts into line with God's thoughts. Uh, how we how we can um, look yeah. after and protect other people. So I I think I think it's both. Mm. And if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I think it is both uh, empowering uh, for our for us in our journey. So. Uh, Thanks to Hannah and Simeon who have given us the questions this week. So, I mean, the best place for the conversation is on Twitter at pulpit underscore politics or using the hashtag politics in the pulpit or on our Facebook community, which you can access through the Joint Public Issues team's Facebook page and their website, jointpublicissues.org.uk. The question we are asking from this week's reading for people because people are engaging is... In what ways do we think God's ways ways and God's thoughts are higher than ours? Is there something where we can learn and give up to know that God's ways are higher and different than ours? So this week, that is a question that I want to leave our our listeners with so that it will help us to, to know that God's ways are higher and different than ours. So let us know your thoughts on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, before we end, our listeners, as we have been uh, saying that the Joint Public Issues team's 2022 conference from the ground up, unearthing hope and seeking justice are available now. Uh, so the conference will be on site at OSS Waterloo and online on the 11th of June. For, for more details, please uh, visit our website, jointpublicissues.org.uk slash conference. So once again, thanks to Dilith for being with us. And uh, let us go into our politics and and into our pulpits with a prayer. Let us pray. God of all, God of all nations, God of the East, God of the West, God of the North and God of the South, with alarm and concern, we bring before you, Lord, the people in Ukraine, In a world you made for peace and flourishing, we lament the use of armed force. We mourn every casualty of this conflict, every precious life extinguished by war. We pray comfort for those who grieve and those who are fearful. Lord, hear our longing that leaders and nations will honor the worth of all people by having the courage to resolve the conflict through dialogue and friendship. Let your peace and justice Flow down like rivers into our times and into our contexts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.